Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I'm Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. This is part seven of the Keegan Odyssey. We have reached the stage where I think it's 1973 in six episodes. So we've only got another 46 years We're not years even in, in Germany life. yet. But we are on to it. It felt like we were never going to get out of his childhood at one point. And yeah. I, f- I was thinking this is getting really tough. Like, But... Um, but uh, we're at least now, he is famous. He's got his HQ in the back of Lenny's junk shop, yeah, Lenny the Liverpool, junk shop. Yeah. And he's, yeah, he's like the most famous footballer in the country pretty much he at the is, moment, he's isn't he? in his absolute pomp at yeah. Liverpool. Um, it's his first season. He says, I scored 10 more games, 10 more times in my first season for Liverpool. My partnership with John Toshak was so effective yeah. that we were even put through a test on television to find out if there was anything in the theory that we had a telepathic understanding. Was being a witch still illegal in the 70s? Uh, it was one of them ones, I think, where it was on the statute books, but you couldn't get done for it. Because I'm thinking, why, who decided that there needs to be a public trial of Kevin Keegan and John Toshak? It seems a bit over the top. It's like they're watching these yeah. two fellas playing well for Liverpool, and instead of just thinking, that's nice, some, fu- some fucker... Probably some bureaucrat has gone, I don't like this. This is uncanny. It seems almost unnatural. We need a show trial. It'll have been some fucking hippie at the BBC, I think. One of them ones with the long hair and the flares that made current affairs documentaries, like World in Action, and wanted to branch out. And it maybe humiliates some footballers. One of these ones that doesn't like football. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like in those days, people did Smoke roll-ups and stuff like that. And Don't, when I, I wrote a, a story um, a while back about, a few years ago, about the classic Graham Taylor, Do I Not Like That documentary. Yeah. And the blokes who made it said that at the time, they got access to Graham Taylor relatively easily because it wasn't the sort of request that came in much. Right. right? And they, you know, they were paying him quite a lot of money. Nobody wanted media access to the England manager. Correct. And <laughs> when he took it, it was a production company called Chrysalis, when they took it to Channel 4, head of documentaries, mm. it was one of the blokes that you're describing. It was like... The hippie. Yeah, and it was like the early 90s and he was a bit sort of like, oh, no, we make documentaries here about yeah. culture and the arts and serious subjects. No one wants to see that. And the people are going, we have got no holes barred access to the England manager, which is pretty much the most high-profile position other than the Prime Minister in the whole fucking country. And the bloke's got no interest because it was a prejudice against football. And then, of course, it gets made. In the end, they showed it to Michael Grade, who was mm. the boss, who, so what you like about Grade, obviously got something he about knows, him. He knows a hit. He said, I know a hit when I see one. <laughs> That sounds his... fucking great. We'll have it. <laughs> they screened it. It's a great story. Like with the head of documentaries, who I imagine looking like you know Roger Melly's producer, <laughs> yeah. Tom. 
Yeah. With the beard. A scribbled beard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's like him, oh, you won't like this at all, Sir Michael. <laughs> this, is, this is dynamite stuff. We'll take the whole lot. Here's a million pounds in a briefcase. We'll call it... Do I not like that? Get me a shipping container full of it. (laughs) Ship it in. We'll pay you in fanny powder. (laughs) So Keegan says uh, they did the the telepathic test. Each of us had to look at a colour and a shape and then transmit the image to one another using Mm. only the force of our minds, he says. Only the force of our minds as opposed to, you know, talking and that. Uh, He says it came back negative. Fuck. fuck. Well, lucky for him. Because what I'm saying is, it all started, I don't know what the show was, it might have been, you know, all fun and games. Granada Reports, I reckon. But but had they said, well, that's amazing, our study confirms that you are actually able to communicate with each other. And everyone goes, and Kevin goes, oh, wow, there you go. You learn (laughs) something new every day, fantastic stuff. And they go, no, Kevin, not fantastic. And suddenly some police come on as a surprise <laughs> like in surprise surprise no police that. secret service is MI5 hey, what who are these lads <laughs> we work for the government will you step this way you are going to be um, taken to a facility taken to a facility and you will be you may not know this Mr Keegan or you Mr Toshak but it is one of the few crimes in this country still punishable <laughs> by me. death <laughs> we uh, we have been left to assume that you are witches and you will be hung by the neck until dead in front of Her Majesty the Queen. And before that happens, we will take you to a facility, two separate facilities in the countryside, and we will strip you down to your very psychological basics. <laughs> we will completely dismantle we'll you psychologically. Yeah, exactly. But not before we've got you to get inside the heads of the Russians. And this is 1973. Remember, this is still a cold war. You don't even know what a hard drive is. But. No. The very words themselves should make you fearful. Yeah. Quite rightly, because that's what's going to happen to you. We want you to find out what's going on in Brezhnev's head. Yeah. Once you've done that, we're going to wipe the hard drive and then we're going to fucking hang you. We're going to take you to the Russian border and sit you in a van (laughs) and point you to where we think Brezhnev is within (laughs) Russia. I mean, you'll probably know that anyway, just by thinking about it. Well, you tell us where he is. (laughs) And you just point in the direction where he is. Have a little thing, cop. Tell us what he's planning. Oh, he's up and once you've told us all his plans, we're going to have to wipe your mind clean and then kill you. <laughs> Is that clear? <laughs> Whatever you say. Another, Just another mission for Electric Kevin. <laughs> so he says, uh, yeah, it came back negative, but rather than spoil everyone's fun, we kept that quiet. I don't know. Uh, and carried on living up to the perception that the pair of us could somehow read each other's minds. Thankfully, of course, that it did come back negative. This is it! We move on to Tommy Smith. Oh, yeah. Um, I have to admit, I did think Tommy was a bit of a bully. You couldn't go past him if you were part of his group in our training runs. Hey, you little swine. Where do you think you're going? He'd bark. But the bigger problem was his perception of me and the way I'd been seen at Liverpool and he resented the publicity I was getting. It began to dawn on me we might have a problem during one trip away when I came down to the hotel restaurant in the morning and ordered the same breakfast as another player. When the waiter put a plate in front of me, I got stuck in without realising it might be somebody else's. That's not yours, Tommy (laughs) shouted. Wait your turn, you're not as big as you think you are. Oh, fucking hell. This is just over breakfast. Double breakfast. Tommy Smith, was he English but he never played for England? I don't know. Yes. Yeah, all right. Let's just imagine you talk like how I just did there. okay. A little bit like our usual character, but a bit more vociferous. Yeah. Um, 
he was trying to bring me down a peg or two and it was important I stood up to him. I told him where to go, to put it bluntly. Get over there, Tommy Smith. Don't you go <laughs> telling me what to do with my breakfast. I need my eggs and bacon in the morning. You know that. <laughs> he says, it was always likely there would be some afters and sure enough, there was one occasion when we raised our fists to start trading punches until big Larry Lloyd sep- jumped in to separate us. Tommy was streetwise enough to use me at times. There was a time Hummel offered me a small fortune. £3,000, if I remember correctly. Oh, he remembers correctly. Oh, he, yeah. knows, he knows how much it was. To uh, to wear a pair of their white boots. Alan Ball had been signed up to do the same, as had Martin Chivers at Spurs and Alan Hinton of Derby. It was good money, but I felt I should ask Tommy as the captain what he thought about me ditching the traditional black boots everyone wore in those days. Uh, Tommy wasn't impressed. They're not for you. He explained. <laughs> Just picture it. Martin Chivers of Spurs, white socks, white boots. That'll look okay. Alan Hintner, same again at Derby. White socks, white boots. Fine. Everton, white socks, white boots. Perfect for Borley. Liverpool, though, red shirts, red shorts, red socks and white boots. You're going to look a prat if you're not careful. <laughs> <laughs> that is a that's a real Roy Keane man as well, isn't it? Fucking... White fucking boots. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he says uh, it wasn't what I wanted to hear. Three thousand pounds, but <laughs> I didn't want to push my luck if that's what the captain thought of it. So anyway, um, like fuck off. The next weekend we turned up for the game, and as we were about to run out, I looked over at Tommy and did a double tick. Nah. <laughs> yes, he was wearing a red shirt, red shorts, and red socks. And you can probably guess the colour of his boots. Fuck him out. He saw me staring. Then he lifted up his foot so I could get a better look. Hummel, he announced. <laughs> what an absolute camp. Can't turn down 1,500 quid at this stage <laughs> of my career, lad. <laughs> Tommy right. Smith, only worth half a Keegan. Half a Keegan. I didn't say anything, but he knew. <laughs> He was very self-conscious about the boots, says Keegan. He even started dabbing on streaks of red boot polish to stop them dazzling quite so brightly under the floodlights. Tommy being Tommy, he started a rumour that it was the blood of his opponents. Fucking hell. Tommy Smith, what a wanker. (laughs) This is it! Yeah, he he talks about um, that Liverpool team of the early 70s and how it was assembled by Shankly without them spending a great deal of money. Yeah. They did it on the cheap, really. He says... Kevin himself cost 33000 Clemens was 27000 He was Scunthorpe as well, I think, wasn't he? Did was he? he? Oh, somewhere like that. And Steve Highway came straight from university. Ooh! <laughs> Costing Fancy. us nothing. So imagine he was at his graduation ceremony, Steve Highway, took off his, his mortarboard, yeah. threw it in the air, ripped off his gown, and underneath there's a football kit. Shanks was there, Shanks standing. Shanks was there. What Shanks used to do Take was... Take that gown off! He used to go to the... You know, what do they call the ceremony where you... I graduation. Can't remember it, yeah, graduation ceremony. And he'd just stand mm. in the crowd and he prided himself on being able to spot potential footballing talent. An, an athletic body. Just by watching them in Through their the cap gown. and gown yeah. walking up onto the stage to accept their certificate. Yeah. Yeah. There was something about that highway lad. <laughs> I think he'd just graduated in economics <laughs> and philosophy. But the way he took to that stage and grabbed his certificate with an, the assurance of a footballer, a Liverpool footballer. He ascended those steps and I could make out the powerful thighs that <laughs> lay beneath the gown. He's for me, I thought. I'd sat there for six hours previously, watching them all one by one, going, no, the, no. Most of them were pathetic no. wimps. No, some of them were even women. 
That was allowed back then. There was no way I was going to sully the good name of Liverpool Football Club by employing a woman to play in our first eleven. <laughs> However powerful her thighs might have been. As soon as Highway descended from that stage, I was waiting for him, contract in hand. Lun, son, the name's Bill Shankly. I have a wonderful opportunity for you. Have you ever thought about moving into the professional footballer industry? Yeah, well, I've, uh, I've never actually kicked a ball. Uh, I've never given it any, any I moment's thought. I was thinking of getting a job service. Yes. Um... Forget that. You play for Liverpool now. <laughs> Sign this. I bundled him into a van, took him down to Melwood, gave him a ball. Before he knew what was happening, Bob Paisley crept out from behind a curtain and bashed him over the head with a rolling pin. When he came to, he was playing in a cop tie against Rochdale. <laughs> sure enough, he scored two goals and made one. I was right yet again. After that, there was no turning back for him, however much he begged. <laughs> he seemed to enjoy it. <laughs> Steve Iwer came straight from university, costing us nothing. Brian Hall was another university graduate. Yeah, now. Spent a lot of time hanging around the campus, wasn't they? Don't they don't do this anymore, do they, the football no. teams? They, they try and sign them all up when they're six and groom them into oh, yeah. in androids. Yeah, they caught them in a net in Portugal when yeah. they're like still fucking toddlers. Yeah. Before they can even see. Before they can even see a thing, yeah. <laughs> but no, Liverpool, Shankly used to go to Liverpool University and scoop up the best talent from the graduation ceremonies. Uh, Tommy Smith, Chris Lawler were local discoveries. Jimmy Case came from non-league. Fuck me, that was a hard player, Jimmy Case. Jimmy Case and Jesus. Tommy Smith. Yeah, and, and at one point, Graham Souness. Yeah. I think Fucking he must hell. have overlapped with a definitely Case. Case came two years after Kagan for £10,000. Ray Kennedy cost 200000 That's big money. He'd come from Arsenal, hadn't he? Mm. Uh, Toshak and Peter Cormack were 110000 each. And I suppose 65000 would have been a big deal when Emlyn Hughes signed from Blackpool in 1967, he says. Ooh, a little bit, of, little bit of salt in that sentence there, yeah, isn't there it? Yeah, there is. I suppose Ooh, it would have been a yeah. lot. Don't really know. Uh, but we weren't beating teams because we were blowing everyone out of the water in the transfer market. Liverpool managed to do it while being prudent with their spending. We never came close to breaking the transfer record in all my time there. The end. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the end, though. There's plenty more to come. Jalapeño. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Jalapeño. Quite a lot of stuff about Bill Shankly yeah. in this chapter, as you would expect. Um, he <laughs> Shankly understood there had to be laughter at any successful football club. <laughs> Something that Keegan very much took from him yeah. when he became a manager. Exactly, became a court jester of football. Yeah. Shanks was never short of a line, whether he was joshing with the fans or having a bit of fun at the expense of one of the players. You, you cunt. <laughs> <laughs> he always used to mention his daughter during practice matches. Christ, he'd shout. <laughs> oh, Jeanette could have scored that <laughs> oh, one. Jeanette. <laughs> and he was blessed with such great comedy timing that there were times when I was actually laughing while running for the ball. <laughs> Liverpool was a happy place full of banter and levity. I, have you ever read Red or Dead, that David Peace book about Shankly? Um, like Novelisation. I mean, it's fucking banana. no, I it's a bananas I'd, I'd read, book. I read the Clough one, I never got yeah, around the to that. Yeah, I mean, the Clough one seems mad. Is the it, Shankly is one it is just... written in the same style as the Yeah, but the that Clough times one. a million. Oh, God. <laughs> I walked to the club. The club called Liverpool. Liverpool FC. The F stands for football. The, <laughs> the C stands the, for club. The C stands for club. I walk through the door. The door that divides the street to the room. The room where I live. And it just like, it's just fucking mad. It's madness. But you do get a little... I mean, obviously, it's all well-researched. He's done so well, David Peace, hasn't he, out of that gimmick? Yeah, <laughs> he's he has done, really done well. well. Yeah. Uh, he's doing one about Dennis Wise at Leeds <laughs> next. But anyway, he's... um. He's uh, he he used to do something where he he put he built a, him and Bob Basley built a box a big wooden box right and they would put and it's quite small mm. it was like say eight foot by eight foot or something and they would yeah. put uh they would make the they put a ladder get the players to climb into the box really high walls so they couldn't see out and then they'd just lob footballs in <laughs> and get them to control them. Like one touch control right. and kick it back out again. Just one player at a time in this box. Uh, I think there might be a couple. So it's right. like you were sort of fighting over the ball at the same time as trying to control it and right. then get it out without it just bouncing Fucking all hell. over the walls and stuff like that. And that was, he thinks, a breakthrough moment in because in, when Developing he first arrived, the results didn't didn't pick up straight away. And then they built the box and they all, yeah. for some reason, improved as a team. We should do a, a podcast weird. in a box like that. I've always wanted to. It's always yeah. been a dream of mine. <laughs> yeah. People can throw in ideas. On bits of paper. Funny dreams, isn't it? Do you, do you have any... I mean, you're quite a private man. Uh, do you have yeah. any dreams that you would like to share? Like, life um, on dreams? Because, like, my son Len recently said to me, really out of the blue, that one of his dreams in life... Mm. I mean, he's only seven, but he said, it's always been a dream of mine to go up to the top of the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> I shouldn't have laughed. It just any, seemed any funny. Seven-year-old oh, that right. begins a sentence with "It's always been yeah. a dream of mine." I was like, "Oh, all right. <laughs> I'll try and yeah, we'll do that one day." Do it in the summer. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. <not> hard. <laughs> yeah, we'll be there an hour and a half. <laughs> He's probably it's because I showed him um, "View to a Kill" once. That was right. probably where he got the idea from. Maybe the Grace Jones connection. Grace probably. Jones bit. Yeah. yeah. It's not enough do Grace you, Jones in these podcasts. Do you have any dreams? Well, like as an fulfilled or unfulfilled, um, I've shared mine, and it's to do a podcast in a box. Um, My son needs to go up the Eiffel Tower. I'd, mine well, is to do a podcast uh, in a box. Well, because I suggested it to you. 
The podcast no, in a box. No, no, I'd always you said it, and I was delighted because I'd always yeah, I don't believe I'd, you. I'd always been embarrassed to share it with you for because I thought you'd tease me. Mm, no, I'd like you'd to say, shut up, Sam. It's a pathetic dream. I'd like to develop a, a new way of cooking an egg. Mm. Perhaps I don't feel as though what, they've mean, all like been done. Scrambled, yeah, fried, poached, coddled. If you want, yeah, that's one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, there must be another way, you're right. Yeah, but I just can't quite get to what it is. I, I feel like I'm in touching distance of it, but mm, not Sometimes quite. you think you're there and yeah. you scribble it down and, and then, then you go, no, you screw I'll up the piece up of paper. I wake up three in the morning and go, oh, yeah. Wake up in the in the night and there's eggs broken everywhere. Yeah, think, I mean, even happen? even fried on a car engine, that's been done. Fried done. on a rock in the, in fried, the desert. Fried on a pavement, done. Yeah, there's got to be something else, hasn't there? It's got to be. Hard boiled, boiled. Let's leave it for another right. time. Well, leave if anyone's got any ideas, you we'll, know how to we'll get We'll do in touch. a series of spin-off podcasts yeah. about it. Eggcast. Red Hot Content! Uh, What's next? Shanks dissing Bobby Moore. Shanks dissing I don't like Bobby the sound Moore. of this. Well, I'm sure you don't, but uh, it's going to happen. Um, Shankly liked to stand in the passage outside the dressing rooms. He did it deliberately so he could inspect our opponents, checking if anyone was missing and listening into their conversations. Just anything to get that little extra edge, you know mm. what I mean? Mm. He'd come back to our changing room and deliver his verdict. I've just seen that Bobby Moore, he announced. Big bags under his eyes, limping. <laughs> He's been out in a nightclub again last night, I can tell. One of them discotheques <laughs> with the foxy ladies. Disgusting. And the little drinks, the, the little red drinks. What's it called? Wine? I think uh, it's called wine. Sickening. Anyway, he's been drinking some of that. He's let that World Cup go to his head. He's, his gaze darted around the room and then he was staring straight at me, he says. He's scared stiff of playing against you, son. That's why he's been out on the drink. You'll run him silly. It wrenches at my heart. It's <laughs> tragic because he was a great player. I'm almost in tears here, Kevin. I'm <laughs> welling up. He's gone. Humiliate him. He's gone, but show him no mercy. Do your job, son. This is exactly like these the are his words. kid. I've added some in myself, oh. but these are his jobs. He's gone, but so, show him no mercy. Do your job, son. Massacre him. Fucking hell. <laughs> well, I mean, so you'd expect if you're a board. professional footballer, I can't imagine that you would. your instinct would be to do anything else. You wouldn't think of it that way. You wouldn't think, I'm going to massacre Bobby Moore. Mm. But you would think... Well, literally. You'd, yeah, you wouldn't kill him. But you'd, 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 if you're Kevin Keegan... You would think, fuck it, I'm just going to score as many goals as I would in any exactly. game, irrespective of who you are. But I suppose he's saying, don't be intimidated by Bobby Moore. He's not mm. the player he was. And he's, you know, Keegan at that point is probably visualising Bobby Moore as being that fella from the cop that came out on his debut, stinking a beer and yeah. giving him a kiss. And yeah, yeah. The turf. He's trying to paint a he's picture. He's probably of him thinking like that. that's that's the level he's he's playing against. So what happens? Does he say, I went out and scored that trick? <laughs> By the time he had finished, I was convinced one of the legends of our game was actually playing on one leg and the worst defender in the entire league. <laughs> we won 1-0 and I scored the goal. Well, hardly a massacre. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly unbiased there. <laughs> Afterwards, the Sounds boss... lucky to me. <laughs> Afterwards, the boss sat next to me beaming. Jesus Christ, what a great player that Bobby Moore is. <laughs> You'll never play against a better or fitter player. He's a master, but you had the beating of him today. Growing confidence, son. You were up against world class and you ran rings around him. It was like watching a cocker spaniel <laughs> chasing a piece of silver paper on the wind. Or something like that. It was classic shank psychology, he says. And it was true. Moore was magnificent that day, despite being on the losing side. <laughs> if I say so myself. Yeah, it's just that I was too good for him. Yeah. 
But um, Shankly was basically insane. A lunatic. I've yeah, always thought this. Lunatic. I'm reading this. I've thought a this already. Scottish lunatic. He's just mad, but he was the he was like the madman that Liverpool needed. Mad but at effective. That time. Yeah. He came. I can't remember where he was. He was at somewhere like Huddersfield, was it? Yeah. And he was just and Liverpool were on their ass, mm. and he came and he was just fucking so mad that they were sort of. It, you know, he created an, an energy and insanity around the yeah. club that that seemed to work. It was like it was like Brian Clough, also mad. Yeah, there's a lot to be said for going into a work situation and just basically, whether you are mad or mm. you want to pretend to be mad, but just just fucking get yeah. in there and fuck things up. With yeah, some I mean, if you go in and you try insanity. to be, hey, I'm just a nice guy. Don't worry, everyone. You can my doors always open. Come and talk to me. People don't find that inspirational. In fact, they'll exploit it. Yeah. From my experience, if you're going in and you're a new boss, I'm best to turn up first day carrying a fucking pig or something and just yeah. like lob it. Yeah. Just lob a fucking pig into the, or like release a load of rats yeah. out of a box into the office. Yeah. Jump up on the desk, get your cock out and just start fucking screaming at everyone. I, I was on the on the way through to... The train station this morning, I was listening to Brendan Rogers being interviewed on TalkSport, and yeah. he was talking in that way he does, where he kind of over-intellectualises yeah, everything yeah, and makes that. himself sound cleverer than yeah. he is. But at the same time, he was laying down excuses for things that will go wrong in the future. Right, right. Do you know what I mean? And then he kept referring back to Liverpool and how they lost the, the Premier League title a few years ago yeah. while throwing in lots of excuses as well. That distanced himself from what had gone wrong, yeah. and I thought, that's Brendan Rodgers, yeah. you're not for me. Yeah. Whereas Bill Shankly, yeah. with the fucking just mind say games, bizarre. power players left, right and centre. So if he was on TalkSport today and Alan Brazil was like, well, <laughs> you must have some regrets in your career, and Bill Shankly would be, I tell you what, I don't regret. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And he'd just go off on something about yeah. his Jeanette or something yeah. like that. It's just like fucking madness, just distraction yeah. techniques the whole way. Definitely. But then uh, Shankly retired. The, the end came. And it came suddenly as well. They just yeah, won did. the uh, 1974 FA Cup. They beat Newcastle 3-0 in the final. Uh, and Kevin says, I will never forget the stunned responses when Granada TV sent one of its correspondents. I think it was Tony Wilson. I've seen the footage. I think it was Tony Wilson. Oh, I've seen later that Later of Factory Records. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Granada TV sent one of its correspondents into the centre of Liverpool to get the reaction of the team's supporters. Keegan says, the footage is still on the internet. As if you weren't sure that that's the kind yeah, of thing if, that could happen. If you don't believe me. It's still on the internet. I've, it was 1974. I got my one of my boys to look it up and it were there. My ghostwriter went and had a look for me. <laughs> yeah. I've looked it up. I think I must have looked it up when I was reading this book originally. Right. And yeah, I mean, it is what he says. Oh, you went off and did some extra research. You were sat by some kind of computer terminal. I reading a memoir, and when there are references made to particular news stories or whatever, I will often accompany my reading with looking at the clips they're on about. Wow, have you got some kind of nerve centre where you've got the book on a plinth and then then a a computer terminal next to it? Where one of the Baldwin brothers tries to. (laughs) It's a bit like. It's a bit like. It's the closest there's ever been to a film of this podcast. Right. In that, you know, like increasingly a lot of content on our main podcast is about ways in which you've opportunistically seen tits. <laughs> yeah. And it started out as a football podcast. Yeah. And that film, Sliver, yeah. with one of the Baldwins and Sharon Stone, they should have called it, and more people would have gone to see it, Opportunistic Tits. Oh. 
because I've a, never seen it. It's about a bloke. The, the, the way you'll remember it most is because the um, the theme tune to it, if you can call it a theme tune in a movie, was um, I Can't Help Falling In Love With You, but the U, the terrible UB40 cover version. Jesus. Do you remember that? I remember the song. I've not seen the film, though. The video was at number one. The song was at number one for a long time. Yeah. And a lot of it was the vi- of the video they kept playing on top bits of the pops. The film. Was bits in the film, and it's the ge- and I f- I think it's like he's a landlord, he's a sleazy landlord right. in a luxury like apartment mm. block in America, and he's got a load of CCTV, and he's got a nerve center where he watches all of the tenants going about their business, including mm. Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone. Oh, <laughs> I've seen that Sharon Stone get her fanny out in Basic Instinct. This one. With any, with Next any, step. With any locks, you'll do the same here. <laughs> sure enough, uh, it were tits this time. There they were. <laughs> but fair enough, I'll take what I can get. <laughs> I mean, the funny, you only saw that for like half a second. But with this one, the tits, it was like six or seven seconds. It were a lingering shot. You didn't have to like try and get on the freeze frame button like you did with Basic Instinct. I went to see that it with the missus. I went to see it with the missus. Um, you know, it, 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 if it had gone on for any longer, she would have got a bit, you know, aggro with me. Yeah. But as it were, it were fine. And you can't do freeze frame in the cinema. <laughs> I'd wait for the VHS to come out. <laughs> yeah, anyway, Sliver. I don't know how we got to that, but yeah. Uh, so what's, what's like Sliver? This podcast like Sliver. Yeah, well, it's like Sliver is like one of the stories that people have been increasingly sending in. You know, we go, <laughs> right, surprise yeah. tits, yeah. and someone goes, oh, well, you know, I was up climbing up a tree when mm. I was a schoolboy, and I saw the PE teacher at tits out. Someone yeah. might email and go in, between the years 1989 and 1996, I was the landlord of a luxury apartment block in <laughs> Manhattan where I set up an elaborate and secretive CCTV system in order to spy on all of my tenants' tits. <laughs> all the best. Love the podcast. Uh, from Dave, a cunter yeah. in Norwich. Yeah, I mean, I haven't checked the emails for about the last three days, but I do get the feeling that we are becoming more and more creepy and sinister. Yeah, well, so we should change the... some of the topics. Yeah, okay. To be a bit more... You know, nice. So anyway, yeah, Shankly, um, Shankly left, um, and but then he kept coming back. He kept turning up at Melwood after he retired. Bob Pearsley took her over, over obviously. Yeah. Um, and Keegan says Liverpool didn't often get things wrong, but they did this time spectacularly. I think because just letting him, I think he still had the keys to the training mm. ground. He just mm. let himself in. Uh, someone should have had a quiet word when he started turning up. He just couldn't let go. The players would see him and instinctively greet him with, hello, boss, whereas Bob Paisley would get a morning, Bob. We were all pleased to yeah. see Shanks, but it undermined the new manager, and that, I suspect, was when the aggravation started. I think at some point I'm probably going to have to replace you on this podcast, Sam. What are you with? I don't know. I haven't thought about it yet, but it'll happen. Mm. And then I think this will be similar. You yeah, won't be able to let go. It might be. Um, you won't let go. You'll still like keep wandering in. And, you know, we'll have to try and stop ourselves from saying hello to you and yeah. engaging you in conversation while we're doing... Well, if it's um, the same, then people will go... Dawson and Bot, as we'll be called. Shankly will be going... People will still be going, hello, gaffer, to me. Yeah. What people? Do the people. The, f- the fellow that does the... the yeah, press the people record in there. Acast or... Yeah. When I'm recording it remotely, my... Uh, Cat. My, yeah, I was going to say members of my family, but hello, they're not... Hello, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then so, results bottle feel undermined. Yeah, well, I'll just program him not to be undermined. Mm. 
piece of piss. So uh, yeah, so Paisley took over. Um, Shanks kept turning up, <laughs> and no one bothered changing the locks. Um, the situation was allowed to fester, says Kevin. It was a scandal. He was made to feel like his face didn't fit, mm. and then of course he died in 1981. Apparently, um, he used to. In the end, he felt like so unwelcome. He ended up going over training with uh, Everton. That was what he said. Uh, Ke- Kevin mentions this in the book. Mm. Shankly said he felt more comfortable at Everton than he did weird, at Liverpool. Yeah, well, not much loyalty there, is there? No. All right, that's it for this episode. We'll we'll open the next episode, part eight, with Bill Shankly's funeral. <laughs> so that's something to look forward yeah, to. Yeah, that'll be next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. Ta-da. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.